We're going to be looking at Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 10, as we think about the theme, gearing up for service. Today is somewhat of a historic day here at Olive Branch. We're going to be installing two new elders, and so we're very grateful for this occasion. Donald Copeland and Billy Sasser are going to be installed this morning as elders here. And so we're going to just very briefly look at Isaiah chapter 6, and then we will have that installation. In Isaiah chapter 6, we have basically the commissioning of the great prophet Isaiah. Isaiah responds to the call of God to be used in his service. And really and truly, God is interested in all of us as his people being used to the utmost in his service. And there are three very distinct things that I think stand out in chapter 6 pertaining to the commissioning of Isaiah the prophet. First of all, I think about how Isaiah looked upward. Listen again to what is said in verse 1 of chapter 6. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up. And the Bible says the train of his robe filled the temple. When I think about Isaiah looking upward, I'm reminded of the majesty of Almighty God. Isaiah was in the presence of God, as we would say. And on this occasion... The Bible speaks of those angelic beings as they speak of the one who is high and lifted up. Note, if you would, what is said in verse 2. Above it stood the seraphim, and each one had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. First, Isaiah sees the Lord sitting upon this throne. And he says that he's high and lifted up. And every time that we come to worship, we ought to see God high and lifted up. We ought to think about we are in the presence of a majestic being. And the Bible tells us that these seraphim, these angelic beings, they cry out one to another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. God is a holy being. In the book of Leviticus, in chapter 11, at verse 45, God said of himself, I am holy. In the Psalms, in Psalm 99, the psalmist would say, exalt the Lord and worship at his footstool. And then he said, for the Lord God is holy. And so first there is the exaltation of God, And then there is this great exclamation that God is holy. And then the text says the whole earth is full of his glory. God is worthy of our honor, our reverence. He's worthy of us bowing and paying him homage. And really when you look at the world, the creation, doesn't creation say something about the glory of Almighty God? The psalmist said in Psalm 19, The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament shows his handiwork. 
You and I, we are really and truly a manifestation of the glory of God because we've been made in his image and in his likeness. And so first of all, Isaiah looked upward. And then secondly, the Bible tells us that Isaiah looked inward. In verse 4, the Bible tells us that the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. And then I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. First, there was the awareness of Isaiah. Isaiah recognized that he was in the presence of deity. And really and truly, I think if you look at John chapter 12, verse 41, the divine being that he saw sitting upon that throne, the one of whom the seraphim cried and said, Holy, 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 that was the Lord Jesus Christ, the second member of the Godhead. Because John said, These things Isaiah said when he saw his glory and spoke of him, speaking of Jesus Christ, the second member of the Godhead, the word who ultimately, ultimately became flesh. And as John said, dwelt among us. And John would say, we beheld his glory, glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And so there was this intense awareness that Isaiah was in the presence of deity when we come together for worship. It's true that we're in the presence of one another, we are here as brothers and sisters in Christ, as Paul would say, as brethren. But more importantly, we are in the presence of Almighty God. And when we come to worship, we ought to see the majesty of God and the holiness of God. And then the acknowledgement of Isaiah. In light of the holiness of God and being in His divine presence, Isaiah said in the long ago, Woe is me, for I am undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. When I think about the acknowledgement, the cry of Isaiah, he recognized his unworthiness, his sinfulness. This morning in Bible class, Billy was talking about the apostle Peter in Luke chapter 5. Peter was commanded to let down his nets. He'd been fishing all night. He'd been toiling all night. Hadn't caught a thing. And the Lord said, let down your nets. And Peter said, nevertheless, at your word. He responded in faith and obedience. And the Bible says his nets were full of fish. And then Peter said, depart from me. For I am a sinful man, O Lord. In the presence of deity, in the presence of a holy God, we recognize our own imperfections and impurities. We understand that without the cleansing blood of Jesus, we would be nothing. And so his cry and then his cleansing. In verse 6, one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a, a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, 
This has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. Is there any greater blessing than knowing your sins have been washed away? You remember back in Isaiah chapter 1? Look at Isaiah chapter 1 for a minute. And listen to what the prophet said in verse 18. Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. To think that, yes, we're in the presence of deity as we worship together. And yes, we are the products of his creation. And yes, we are to live in such a way so that we glorify him. But ultimately, we ought to be grateful. Because God, through Jesus Christ, has made it possible for us to enjoy cleansing from all sin. I think about the words of John in Revelation chapter 1 at verse 5. When he said, Unto him who loved us and washed us from our sins by his own blood, Zechariah the prophet in chapter 14 said, In that day a fountain shall be opened for sin and uncleanness. That fountain that was opened points to the death of Jesus, the shedding of his blood, and the cleansing power that we enjoy. And then the words of Paul in Ephesians chapter 1 at verse 7, when he said, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. And so first Isaiah looks upward, and then he looks inward, and then thirdly, he looks outward. Listen now to what is said in verse 8. And think with me, if you would, about the voice that Isaiah heard. He said, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Note the plural there, us. We talk about the Godhead. In Genesis chapter 1, it was God, the Godhead, that said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. And so Isaiah said he heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? I think about the response. Isaiah said, here am I, send me. I want you to just pause with me for a minute. Did you know that God is calling upon each and every one of us as his people to serve him the best we can? God does not expect more from us than we are capable of giving. But he does expect us to use whatever talents or abilities that we have for his glory. This morning as we install two new elders... Donald and Billy have basically stepped up and answered the call of service. To serve as an elder in the Lord's church, it's a role of service. And every one of us as members of the body of Christ, we are said to be servants. And Jesus came, and the Bible says he took the form of a servant, being made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, yes, even the death of the cross. 
Jesus came to serve the human family. And the Lord said in Matthew chapter 20 that the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life as a ransom for the many. In John chapter 13, when Jesus washed the disciples' feet, exemplifying for them servanthood, he said the servant is not above his master. And so as Jesus Christ set the example of servanthood, we too ought to be servants in the kingdom of God. I think about Isaiah responding to this call, his reply, here am I, send me. Wouldn't it be great if every single member of the body of Christ would say to God, here am I, use me. Use my life in whatever capacity you see best. Use me to the fullest extent. I've often joked in times past about the fact that I would rather wear out than rust out. And I want to be useful in the kingdom as long as I'm alive. I hope and pray I can. But ultimately, we ought to see ourselves as servants of the Most High God. We have the privilege, the opportunity of serving the king. Here is Isaiah. He's in the presence of deity. He sees the Lord high and lifted up. And Isaiah responds to that call of service. Note, if you would, his role. Isaiah had said, here am I, send me. And here's what the Lord said. Go and tell this people. Keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy, etc. So basically what God was saying to Isaiah is, I want you to go. I want to encourage you to do two things this week. Number one, I want to encourage you to find somebody, whether it's at work a friend, a family member, maybe it's somebody at school, maybe it's an acquaintance, maybe it's somebody at, at the grocery, the gas station, whatever. Find somebody and say something to them about Jesus. Invite them to the services of the church. Ask them if they'd be willing to take a Bible correspondence course. Ask them if they would be interested in studying the Bible. So number one, Talk to somebody about Jesus. And number two, seek out somebody to serve on behalf of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 25, we read a picture of the great day of judgment. On that occasion, Jesus said all the nations would be gathered before him. And he will begin to separate them as the shepherd divides the sheep from the goats. And those on the right hand, will have been individuals, members of the body of Christ, who have served. Jesus said, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. He said, I was naked, you clothed me. I was a stranger, you took me in. I was sick and in prison, you visited me. And they asked the question, Lord, when did we do all these things? And Jesus said, inasmuch as you did it unto one of these least of my brethren, you did it unto me. Find somebody to minister to or to serve this week. Let me tell you what, if all of us will do that, it'll go a long way in bringing honor and glory to God. It'll go a long way in exalting the name of Christ in this community. And it will go a long way in reaching the lost right here where we live.
Let me close by saying this. As I mentioned a moment ago, today is somewhat of an historic day. This is the first time since I've been here, well, actually since the first week I've been here, that we are adding to the eldership. I have a lot of confidence in these two men, and I know you do as well. Our prayer is that we will all join hands together and do our best to serve God in this, in this area. I want to ask you to bow with me in prayer. Our Father in heaven, we're grateful for this day. We're thankful for the occasion for which we've come together to worship and serve you. And Father, we pray that you would bless every member of this congregation. We're grateful for the service of our elders. We're grateful for Brother Dio and Brother George. And we pray, Holy Father, that you would bless at this time Brother Donald and Brother Billy as they become a part of the eldership. We pray for their service in the kingdom. Bless them with wisdom. And Father, we pray that we might be united and that we would do all that we can to exalt your name in this community. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The Bible tells us that while we were yet without strength, Christ died for the ungodly. Jesus came, lived, and died for you. And if you believe that Jesus is the Son of God and would be willing to repent of your sins just like they did on Pentecost Day and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, the promise is that God will put you in the church in his kingdom, Acts 2, verse 47. And if you will be faithful until death, the promise there, the crown of life, Revelation chapter 2, verse 10. It may be that you're here today and maybe your life's not what it ought to be. Could we pray with you and for you? Did you know that God will abundantly pardon? John said if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Won't you come as we stand and sing?